Welcome to the Urology Coding and Reimbursement Podcast, where we help urologists and staff achieve peak economic and practice efficiency so there is time and energy to focus on patient care and a happy life. I'm your host, Scott Painter, with my co-hosts, Mark Painter and Dr. Ray Painter. Welcome to episode 84 of the Urology Coding and Reimbursement Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Painter, with my co-host, Mark Painter and Dr. Ray Painter. And in today's episode, we want to talk about an upcoming uh, webinar that we're providing on data and reports. Um, We want to look at what the urology practice should be looking at and kind of some of the downfalls of not having this information and not having accurate information. So Mark's going to... do provide us or, or Mark's going to present a webinar which is coming up on February 17th at 1 p.m. Eastern. It's a free webinar for all and he's going to share some of these uh, some of the information about data and why it's so important and what uh, is important about it and some of the things that you need to look and prepare for. So Mark do you want to share a little bit about what is coming up yeah so you know one of the reasons we thought this was a a good topic across the board is i've i've been spending a lot of time um the last uh well the last year and a half really um looking at practices from a number of different perspectives um you know, with all the consolidation that's out there, I've been helping a number of practices uh, take a look at, you know, what what they are um, and what they can do to prepare for a transition to private equity or a transition to a larger group. Uh, you know, what what is it that they need to do? Um, may, some of them after a, a first run with private equity that didn't uh, actually go as expected. And and some of them um, have seen their colleagues go through this. And and they've asked me to jump in, um, tear down uh, what their practice looks like and, and what they can do to make themselves uh, look better or what, or what they can do to improve their valuation stepping into private equity. Um, So that's been an interesting um, process, and certainly, uh, in the end, it it all boils down to data uh, for all of those different groups. They're looking at your money coming in, how legitimate is it, uh, how many risks are you taking with your coding and reimbursement, Uh, and of course, from the standpoint of your standard uh, large KPMG-type Pete Marwick look at a practice, um, they're going to use standard benchmarking. You know how many time, how many, what percentage of E&M visits have a modifier 25 on them? Uh, how often are you doing PCR tests? You know uh, what what does your uh, what does your program look like to get people into uh, sacral neuromodulation or PTNS? All those areas which are uh, standard targets for Medicare, but also um, those things that you do or might do that are different from your 
colleagues. So um, understanding your productivity uh, and where your revenue comes from is a, a piece that will get turned over when people start looking at things. And um, then, of course, they're going to look at, you know, what is your accounts receivable look like? Uh, how, how effective have you been? What, are there any areas that you can improve? Uh, and then finally, on the back end, um, they're looking at your QuickBooks or your, your financial data um, to see how you're categorizing your expenses. Does it make sense? Is there any way uh, or is there an easy way um, for anybody to take a look at your books and figure out you know, what is really benefits accrued to the physician and what's truly an expense to the practice? So it's a deep dive um, across the board. And as I've gone through a few of these things, you know, it really boils back down to what any business needs to do is what a urology practice needs to do. It, ba bakes, it, it boils back down to the standard block and tackle approach to business um, for a medical practice is absolutely essential. And so many of the practices that I walk into and and I've done, uh, we've got several practices that are not getting ready for private equity, but are still looking at, you know, how do we keep going when our reimbursements have remained flat for nine years and our expenses are going up? Um, you know, I, I was talking to a uh, a group at a party the other day, and one of the things that we were talking about is, you know, physicians are an interesting, or f being a physician is an interesting profession. You go through a lot of schooling, um, and you come out uh, into practice right off the bat, and usually you come out with a big salary. Um, you know, the recruitment right now is difficult, and so it's a good market to come out as a physician. And you get a nice guarantee. Uh, and your first few years in practice where you're used to living on nothing um, and you've got to keep going that way because you've got to pay off your medical bills and it's probably time you're starting a family. And so you're buying a house and all those things are happening. And then as you go along in life, your salary, which is great as a starting salary, doesn't really change very much year over year. And in fact, has been eroding for a lot of folks as as you move forward. And of course, we've had a few things here and there throughout urology the past several years where there have been ancillaries that you can add in and do all this other stuff. But you know, your life grows and changes, your expenses change, your expectations change, and and your salary isn't keeping up with that. You don't have that same upward income mobility that a lot of folks tend to have in their lives. Although I would have to say we are having a little bit of a, a discussion of how that's not happening for a lot of people uh, <laughs> at this point in time. But um, in the end, it's, a, it's an interesting conundrum to look at. And, and so when you really boil this back down, um, if you come back in and look at your practice, um, if you don't have clean and accurate information, to really look at what you're doing and understanding where your cash flow is coming from. Uh, and that's on the income side, which is coding and your billing department 
are primarily there. That's revenue cycle management. Um, there have been so many practices, and we actually walked into one the other day where they were telling us that their days in AR were great. They looked at you know, their days in AR were, we, I think they said they were, we'll just say they were 30, um, which is well below the MGMA average. Um, and it looks pretty good. And we've found that we can, you know, with our RCM, we can do a little bit better than that. And our, there are plenty of groups that do better than that. Um, but the way they were looking at it was on build date. And their system actually reset their accounts receivable um, to the date that the last time the claim was touched. So when you turned around and you ran that report by date of service, now their days in AR um, and looking at what was over 90 and everything that was there was an absolute disaster. Um, so um, it just showed you that not understanding what that data really is um, can lead you to some poor conclusions. Now, Ray's favorite um, uh, label for those are the Madoff reports, um, you know, that that make everything seem rosy but really are not. And so you want to make sure you're, you're looking at the right data. And that's one of the things we're going to talk about is, you know, how do you look at the correct data? And then... Um, when you look at that macro level data and the production levels, so you step it down one, um, that's going to tell you a little bit more. You know, where is your production? Who's producing what? You know, is everybody working at the same speed within the practice? And ultimately, that may not mean the same revenue. I mean, we've seen um, over the years, you know, we've talked about this a few t other times where people who treat women tend to have lower production levels, not all of them, but a lot of them, um, and, and I would say most of them, just because those patients take more time. Um, but there's still value to the practice for those folks. And how do you balance those things? And, you know, when you got everybody's running, or at least believe they're running as fast as they can, you know, how do you level things out? And, you know, we're seeing more and more groups go to blended reimbursement models for their compensation which is yet another piece of this entire puzzle um, to make sure that your group stays together. And certainly um, we've got a lot of migration of physicians bouncing from one group to another. So there are so many moving parts right now and that and it really does break down or boil back down to the fact that uh, block and tackle business, looking at your numbers are absolutely key. And we'll st and what we're going to do in these in the, the seminar is really kind of talk about what reports I like to look at and how to calculate them, um, and and uh, hopefully give you a, a little bit of an insight as to what we're seeing in the marketplace or what yeah uh, across the board. Well, I think you have a unique perspective also, as you've mentioned, you've been into a, a, a lot of different practices of all shapes, sizes, and geographic locations. So you've kind of boiled it down to really figure out what reports and what data you need to look at when you're looking at a practice that uh, a lot of uh, other and a lot of other people don't have that perspective. So I think that's important. Well, Mark, I've got two questions for you. Number one, 
you're talking about the reports. I have everything. I'm a doc, and I have everything computerized in my office. And I get the report at the end of the month that, you know, here's how much we put on the books, here much, how much we collected, and we're collecting 98%. Are you telling me that doesn't tell the whole story? Yeah, I am. I mean, it, actually, I don't know for sure. Um, I, I, it could be telling you the story if you've got the right reports and you've got the right data in the background. But I have to look a little bit deeper than that to actually make the conclusion that, yeah, that's that's the right number. So it's a it's a it, it takes a little bit more than one report. Um, you've got to watch several different indicators across the board to make sure you're getting what you need and what you're supposed to. And it does still boil back down to. That, and the other piece of this that's a good question to ask is, if you're getting 98% of what you bill and that number is accurate, then the next question is, are you billing for everything that you did? So there's, I mean, th there are multiple levels to this. And then the, the next question down the road there is, and how much are you spending to collect that amount? You know, is it too much? Is it too little? You know, what's, what's really going on? And do you have the right staffing levels to truly to support what you're doing? Because it's, in the end, sometimes if, if you manage to one metric and you achieve that metric, like 98% collections, you may be cutting your throat in so many other ways that you're hurting your income even though you have a top performing RCM. So it, it's not about one thing. It can't be. Well, that you mentioned I call that the Madoff report. And the reason is uh, there, there are a lot of leakage that you can have that you should be collecting that that report will not uh, report for you. Because if you're not billing accurately, then the services you provide never get into the system to be reported if you're not billing for services provided. And the second part, I can make everybody a 98% collector just by writing off everything the payers don't pay for. But I sure am losing a lot of money. All right, now the second question I had, I'm an employed physician. What is your data seminar going to do for me? I, I don't have control over all that other stuff you're talking about. I work for a hospital. Yeah, so the so the employed physician does have to look at something different. And a lot of the data that we're going to review um, uh, in the employed physician world isn't going to be within your control. Um, but um, you do have uh, certain areas that you can focus on. And, and ultimately, when we're talking about um, productivity uh, and certainly looking at where your coding is and making sure that the dots are being connected for what you bill, um, that's a piece of the overall puzzle. So there's going to be a slice of what we talk about that is really applicable to the employed physician, 
But the reality is, it is different um, in the employed physician world. Um, and so, yeah, there there'll be some pearls in there for for that for you as an employed physician. Um, but a lot of what we're talking about is not going to be within your control. And so um, you're going to, like I said, there's some of it that, you know, maybe it's, maybe you want to see it to prep to see if the grass is really greener outside of an employed environment um, for those types of things. But um, not everything is applicable to all groups and all situations. Um, that's, that's the other part of all this data. You need to to know what you need to know, um, know what you don't know, and try and figure that out. Um, but also, you have to be able to control what you can control. So um, there, are, there's a there's a a way to focus on what you can do within your environment, and and there are data reports and things that you need so that you're controlling what you can control and 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 steering your own destiny as best you can within your box. And if you're being paid partially on RVUs, it does help to be able to understand uh, the reports you're going to be talking about because then you know where you're getting credit for all the work you're doing. Correct. Production reports? Absolutely. Um, and understanding that, you know, if you've connected the dots from what you've actually charged is getting credited to you, those are important. Um, but... It, on the other side, um, for the long-term health of the entity, understanding the AR is is okay. You can look down the road and see if they're going to make it or not. Um, but and ultimately, if you've got a huge AR and your RVUs are good, and and you're in a a situation that your institution is well funded, then maybe you don't worry about the fact that they don't know what they're doing. But if you're in a you know a small regional hospital or something like that, and they're not collecting on all the revenue that they need to, eventually that's going to trickle down and affect your revenue because their gross revenue isn't there to keep paying you at the same rate. So it's it's a good idea to know it, but it's also you know one of those things that are you going to be able to change the RCM of that entity? Um, We've certainly had a lot of physicians squeak and, you know, really focused on the big picture that have have actually made some changes in their RCM world. Um, but I can tell you, we've had a few groups that have gone and they just feel like they're banging their head against the wall. So it's it's a it's a tough it's a tough mix in that whole environment. And you know, you get again, you control what you control, see what you think you can do. You know, understand the politics and move things around if you really like it. So. There's, there are things to do outside of your bubble, um, but it takes planning and execution. Well, I think the other thing with, you know, with the data that you're, that when you look at it, it really gives you clues and points you uh, in the direction of what you need to address and probably will tell you what you need to address first. Uh, is that kind of what you're, I mean, that. That's really what you're looking at the data for, is to point you in a direction. Is that is that kind of how you look at things? Absolutely. Data is a tool. It's a starting point. Um, and a lot of the data that we're going to cover is really a starting point because we're going to be looking at macro level data. Um, and once you find that data, 
it provides you clues of places where you need to look. Um, and then you need to dig down a little bit further, find out if the data that what's telling you there, what what is the issue? And then you've got to turn around and find the solution to change that conundrum, um, which may be several different things. Maybe it's the elimination of a particular type of service. Maybe it's uh, an expansion of that same service and better coding. I, I, it's 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 all a journey that starts with data. How do you prioritize that? You know, when you look at all these things and you have all these problems to solve, then what what makes the prioritization? Is that based? I mean, obviously, it's based on the data, and you identify those things that that need attention. But let's say you have ten things. What's your what tends to be your first priority? Uh, well, uh, it, it varies quite a bit by practices. It really does. Um, you know, what's it, 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 what resources do they have to solve those issues? Um, you know, d what, uh, what is the problem overall? You know, does it fit the culture of the practice to go to solve that problem? You know, one of the things, just for an example, if you identify the fact that one of my, one of the big problems is your front desk. You're not getting accurate demographics. You're not collecting copays. You're not collecting balances. So that's a high priority. Um, but then on the back end, if your physicians are basically not doing, you know, providing the right codes or not paying attention to which provide which payers cover which items, it's a losing battle. So you have to fix two things. Um, and ultimately, the decision of what you need to do boils down to, you know, can you get the physicians on board and or can you get the front staff on board to cover up for the physicians? Is there, you know, so I don't know which one is right until I look at the practice and and and, and essentially for the practice manager or the administration you have to prioritize what you think you can do to make that impact um, and focus on that. And and maybe you have the resources to focus on both and you can attack it from both sides. So it's, it's very dependent on what's uncovered, where your resources lie, and what you're willing to do top to bottom in the organization to solve the problem. Because if you come up with a solution that you can't execute, You've 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 spun your wheels, wasted your time. So you've got to you've got to analyze top to bottom what your problem is, what your solution is, and can you execute the plan to the solution? And that's where your priorities lie. Well, Mark, it looks like you're going to be looking at these reports and sharing some of your individual pearls about sort of how you read between the lines instead of exactly what the data says yeah i'm gonna i'll do some of that i mean obviously in one you know short webinar you can't cover everything i can give you kind of a broad brush and a and a and a push in the right direction and and yeah i'll definitely share a few pearls here and there but you know it's kind of like coding you know you're you, as you go through any of these things you know i'll i'll drop a fire hose worth of information out for you to kind of play with and you'll have to pick what you can run with and 
you know, so hopefully a lot of you are this, you know, this is like, oh, yeah, I knew that, which is great. I mean, that's <laughs> that that means you're running well. So but, it, you know, again, if you pick up a couple of things here and there, that's kind of the way life is with as we go through this. Nobody right now has time to just say, whoa, I'm going to stop doing what I'm doing right now and uh, relearn everything. That's just not the way life works. Everybody's got a full plate. And when you put another cherry on the plate, it's going to roll off. So you got to figure out how to how to how to juggle all this stuff. And you grab what you can that hopefully make your life a little bit easier or give you some targets and and move from there. So it's, you know, hopefully we'll give everybody somebody, you know, you'll come out with something, um, which is what I consider a success. And what we're trying to do is, you know, passing on information that we are finding other groups have and and some people will grab a piece and it'll work great for them some will try and fail and but in the end it's you know you got to keep progressing the market's changing you have to too very good well we hope you join us all it's uh if you go to prsnetwork.com forward slash zero eight four for episode 84 We'll have a link to how you can join us on this this free webinar, and we we encourage you to come and learn something and see if you can't pull those pearls out and um, and and apply them to your practice. So we got a lot lot of information to download to you. So we hope you join us. Anything uh, anything else to add? Yeah, I that, all I'm gonna say is as you get through all this stuff, you know, when you get to a point where you've got so many cherries falling off your plate or everything that's there. I mean, there are, there are groups to help. Um, and I mean, don't be afraid to ask for help when you, when you get into some of these things. So that the only other thing I would add is as you learn these things, there may be areas where help is appropriate. Um, and you might not have it where you on your staff. So don't be afraid to, to reach out to others. All right. With that, we'll wrap up this episode. Take us out, Ray. Happy coding. Thank you for listening to the Urology Coding and Reimbursement Podcast, where we help urologists and their staff maximize income and efficiencies so there's time and energy for patient care and a happy life. Special thanks to Carl Painter for the music today. You can find his music on Spotify under his record label, the juicery. <laughs>